You're now listening to the Boys in the Booth podcast with your hosts, Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Well, good evening. Happy New Year and welcome to episode 111 of the Boys in the Booth podcast. Cody Abrams and Melbourne with you guys. It uh, has felt like forever since we all did this collectively. Uh, How are we doing? Pretty good, Harp. It is full-blown winter now, and I am absolutely loving it being in Blue Mountain because we got 18 inches on Friday of snow for the mountain, and then another, like I think, 30 centimeters or something like that today. So lots of fresh pow on the hill, and we've just been ripping it. And pond hockey, it's happening now. Where we went out to uh, to shovel off one of the ponds in our buddy's backyard, and. Uh, well, safe to say it wasn't ready. Definitely was maybe close to three inches of ice. And uh, while we were shoveling it off, it started sinking. And we were about ankle deep in water while we were shoveling <laughs> the whole time. But we we spread the water out and we, we've shoveled off a decent area. And we're kind of really hopeful that that's going to turn into a rink. But if not, we found a pretty decent place in a couple towns nearby to play. And I'm doing all the winter activities and I can't complain now. Nice. Speaking of pond hockey, that story kind of reminded me of uh, playing out at Steve's house on December 27th. We did our first ever Boys in the Booth Winter Classic. Uh, Hopefully we can keep that going and and make it an annual thing every year at the McKen's house. Thank you so much, by the way, to the McKen's for hosting and uh, to our cameraman Luke with his drone who uh, was able to capture a bunch and we were able to put together a video. So if you haven't seen that, head over to our YouTube channel, uh, Boys in the Booth, and check it out. It was pretty good it's about 10 minutes of just like thrown together clips of uh of pond hockey and and just you know set to a montage and, and a song in the background it was fine next year hopefully we can get some more clips and put together a pepsi cup like video um you know where we break down each game but overall such a fun day super duper cold out as well and case i brought this up too because i was thinking about the time that we we're all standing together by the adirondack chairs and then we hear like this this pressure crack in the ice and we all kind of look around and like what and then we scatter but we didn't end up going through thankfully it was like every uh maybe 10 feet that we got we took the auger to dig deeper to see or dig into the the ice to see if it was thicker or thinner if we should be on it or not and the whole time it stayed at like two and a half inches definitely borderline safe and um (laughs) like at all times more than arms reach away from each other so that we didn't have too much weight on one spot but if you got near the edges where the boards were building up where you're shoveling snow and it's ending there's a lot of weight from that snow so you stepping over there boy was the ice talking to us just whispering sweet nothings in our ear the whole time (laughs) um giving us warnings more than anything and we did not john scott it we just pushed through and uh no harm, no foul, except Reese did fall through on a different pond, but only to his knees. All good. Oh, shit. Well, it's like, you know, when we were out on uh, Steve's Bay on the St. Lawrence River, when you got towards the edge, it was pretty thin. So you understand, you know, as you get there, you're kind of tapping your stick, like, you know, because you don't want to go through. But I want to say, too, like, I don't know. Like, I think I told you guys this in the group chat, and we'll move on from our intro soon here. But I think I told you guys this in the group chat that, the day before that tournament, I actually fractured my wrist. 
And so I just got my cast off yesterday. Like I had, I wore cast for like two weeks since, which like was stupid. I didn't even know it was fractured. I played that whole tournament fractured. And then the next day case, you and I were, we planned on going to that skate and then you drove back to Collingwood instead. And I played in that skate again, fractured turns out at this skate, bunch of really good players, like former OHL guys and whatever, and just ripped on me like they would have anyway, but you know, the <laughs> fractured wrist and being hung over and having no sleep didn't help. So I played those two days and then I was like, you know what? Like there's something wrong. Like my wrist was double the size of my, my left hand that wasn't fractured. So ended up going in, I was in emergency for six hours and ended up getting a, a cast on it for about two weeks. It wasn't bad. It's just a fracture, not a break, but the silver lining in all of this and again, why I bring it up is because while I was in the hospital in the waiting room, I got to read uh, Bob McKenzie's new book, um, or I believe it's it's new. It's in his series, uh, Hometown Hockey Heroes, and I got to read uh, about half of it, which is funny. Like, and it just while I was waiting there, some really good stories. The very first one is about Wayne Simmons and his journey growing up in Scarborough to playing uh, Junior A in Brockville, and you know, overcoming racism and poverty, et cetera, et cetera. So, just really cool. Thought I'd tie it back to hockey, but overall, good break. Good to be back, and uh, I'm excited to uh, get going here. Yep, for sure. Happy New Year. Good to be back at it. Uh, let's get into a little fantasy corner, guys. And, uh, of course, we, we like to recap the previous uh week of matchups uh each uh, each week we do the podcast but uh we've missed a few weeks obviously just getting back into it here uh so we'll just kind of go around the table here and and see where everybody is at uh in the boys in the booth fantasy hockey league so case let's go back to you just give us an update with uh where your team is at in the league such a sloppy sloppy uh two week thing going on between uh the holidays there of fantasy because it was like you know postponements and injuries and everything going on it's like no certainty on any player so you're just going for games played and i ended up getting the win in that that double week and uh that felt good so i'm slotted in at four now not a big deal definitely gonna lose this week i have seven guys with games postponed tonight it's ridiculous like and there's nothing you can do about that little ppd you can't throw them on ir plus or anything it's just like it's just a guy you can't use in your roster unless you want to drop them and it's like what am i going to drop in point no yeah yeah it's it's tough man like sloppy i think is the right word that, that you used because like we don't know what's happening with postponed games and everything it seems like it's just random at this point. I mean, obviously focused on the Canadian teams, like a lot of Canadian teams are postponing when American teams are supposed to be visiting, but man, it's brutal and there's no strategy to avoid it, right? It's just like luck of the draw. Like one week you might have no guys who have postponed games and next week you might have a shit ton like Casey you have this week. I've got four guys out tonight who have postponed games, which isn't bad. I'm still on pace for, I think my best week in the last like three uh, I was beat up from postponed games and injuries and whatnot. I'm playing uh, Barkov's Beauties this week, and I'm projected to lose by about three points. Um, it's going to be a tight one. Game games played are still low, relatively speaking, compared to you know when everyone's healthy. But uh, it should be a close week. It should be a really tight one. And I did fall out of first place as well, which is too bad. I don't know if I had 
fallen out the last time we spoke if i was in second at that point but uh luke sheridan and the meatheads now hold the number one spot which is frustrating uh because i don't think his team is very good but uh you know (laughs) he ebbs and flows with the red wings but he's been uh you know going pretty well with with that squad so far so he's in first place and uh yeah that that's where i stand right now in, in second harp how about you well, with me, the uh, the story hasn't changed too much. Trying to climb my way out of the basement of the uh, of our fantasy league, and so speaking of Barkov's beauties, Chad, your matchup uh, this week for week thirteen, uh, I got pounded by them uh, last uh, last week. Uh, so looking to redeem myself this week, I've got five guys out with uh, just game postponements tonight, and a couple of guys out with uh, with COVID nineteen, and so uh, they're in protocol. Uh, but I am projected to win this week against the Bacchus Door Bandits, who, if I'm not mistaken, that's Taylor Prosser. That's right. Correct. Yeah. Okay, perfect. So, yeah, I'm uh, I'm projected to win uh, about uh, 119 to 106. So uh, it'll be a tight matchup either way. Hopefully I can uh, squeak out with a win here in Week 13. Just to show you how this league is going um this morning i was projected at 99 points and that was with me having slotted everyone in i checked again right now i'm actually at 152 and beating luke so uh, shit changes there you just go. constantly because reschedules and i i grabbed one player it's like it's unbelievable how much that can change yeah case and also if you beat luke this week and I also win, which I mean, both of those things have to Lukes. happen. Yeah, both if we if we both beat the Lukes, then I'm back in first. So it'd be nice if you help me out there. That would be great. Uh, as we wrap up, we normally do top five or bottom five, but because we've been off for a few weeks, might as well recap the entire one through fourteen here. Um, so I'll do that quick. Number one, we know that's the Meatheads. That's Luke Sheridan in first place. Number two, we know that's me. Multiple scoregasms in second. Danbury Trashers in third. Uh, that's Dylan Finley. Casey Bros before Ajo's in fourth spot. Barkov's Beauties. That's uh, Casey's boss, Luke Vanderbeer, and LVB in fifth. Uh, number six, the Backus Door Bandits. Uh, Harp, hopefully, hopefully you can get a dub against uh, Taylor Prosser and the Backus Door Bandits. In seventh, Tampa Bay Three Peats. That's Nate Ganyu. In eighth, we've got Hat Trick Swayze clinging on to that uh, eighth and final playoff spot, and that's your brother, Emerson Cody. Harp. Will yep. Nye, the science guy in ninth spot. That's my buddy Remy, who will be coming on the podcast next week. He is an excellent better. He created his own model uh, for betting, and we're looking forward to hearing about that. Uh, I think he's better at betting than he is at fantasy. Not going to lie. Sitting there in ninth spot. Ball <laughs> to the wall. That's Alan at Mansky in 10th. Uh, f- uh, former guest on the pod. Love having him on. In 11th, our very own Harper Cody with the 2021 Pepsi Cup scoring champ. In 12th spot, Climbing up the ranks, actually, is my brother-in-law, Cameron Murray, uh, with the Arizona Blackhawks. 3-9-0. and oh. oh, my God. That's abysmal. Harp, you and him share the same record. Uh, in, in 13th spot, we've got the Horny Town OnlyFans. That's Brandon Irving. I, I this, is, this is allegedly here. Allegedly, he got locked out of his account and hasn't played or set his lineups in a few weeks he might just be bad at fantasy and that's a cover i don't know but he's in 13th and in last place still but he does have one win Corey morell the mail order brides so that's the standings guys after i believe it's 13 weeks now so wow it's been fun so far and uh looking forward to more fantasy talk 
There we go. All right. Uh, we'll get into our, our main topic for this episode. And, uh, you know, we are it's January 10th as we're recording this. We're well into 2022. And so we're each going to come up with a bold prediction. And uh, Case, I know you have a couple of honorable mentions as well to get in there. But just one bold prediction each uh, uh, for 2022. And so, uh, Case, let's go to you to start. Yeah, so I had a hard time thinking about this. Could not think of a bold prediction that I really believed in. Chad texted me, he said, just pick something you believe in and, and talk about it. And I was like, I hit him with the darkness. I said, Chad, I don't believe in anything anymore <laughs> because everything is just getting ruined by this COVID. Like, you never know what's going to happen. But I thought, you know, if you're going to make a bold prediction, why not make it about the only thing that really matters? And that's the Stanley Cup. So I've got a little... Um, uh, I'll call it a two-parter, call it an honorable mention, whatever you want to say. I believe in one of these teams more than the other. But I've got either this team or this team will win the Stanley Cup. And I was trying to think about it. The only two th- things that these guys have in common is that they play playoff hockey and they're led by a Russian. I have a question. Yes. Before you go into it. Is it one team from the East and one team from the West? Correct. Okay. Go Perfect. On. All right. The other thing is that not a lot of listeners are going to care about these this prediction because no one really cheers for this team, either of these. I don't know a single one for the one, and only Emerson Cody and Carson pick up for the other. I'm going to talk about it, get right into it. The Washington Capitals are going to win the Stanley Cup this year. I am fully on the bandwagon of the Caps. 27 and 9 at the moment in the standings. That's third in the Metro due to uh, Carolina and... Um, the rags um anyways this team the reason why i think that they can win the cup is their record despite what has been happening to them in the season so far so again 27 and 9 um they've been hit pretty bad with the injury bug they've had backstrom for three games they lost oshi for half of the season they've lost mantha for i think he's only played 10 games at the beginning and now he's out for the the rest of the season with surgery um and then there's a you know a handful of injury here injury there uh covid everyone's dealing with that so you can't mention that but there there's more injuries like vanacek's been hurt and and so on and so forth there's been a lot of games missed for this team despite having a great record another thing is their power play is not clicking this year they're in 28th in the league for power play after being third in the league last year if that power play gets hot which it will look out for this team again 27 and 9 with the 28th worst power play in the league now backstrom is back he is back tonight so that power play is going to get clicking again with ovi in that hot spot and he's going to be ripping absolutely ripping again great record despite samsonov having a rough season so far and vanacek missing a decent amount of time to not be able to back him up i think they had to put fukali in for uh three games he's got like a 980 save percentage (laughs) yeah (laughs) That was so, that was my first point. Is Zach Fucali made his NHL debut this season at I believe he's twenty six, and he's yeah. been incredible for this yeah. team. Yeah, but yeah. The, the the fact that they can play in front of him gets me hope that Samsonov can turn this around, and then they're going to have playoff goaltending between him and Vanacek. The other thing I already mentioned it, Ovechkin is being inspired 
inspiring this year. That's the word that comes to mind with Alex Ovechkin. You think about this team and how the media has talked about they're on the downslope. Everyone's thinking they're on the downslope. Well, Ovechkin has taken that narrative and told the media to shove it because he is absolutely dynamite this year mvp like my my bet for the mvp at this moment because he is carrying this team uh and it's inspiring to watch and if i were a player on this team i'd be going oh we've got another chance to win a cup before we're we're kind of done you know so that's another thing and then to continue on from that the big guys are still getting it done kuznetsov's getting it done wilson's getting it done carlson's getting it done all of these guys are contributing and now they're getting backstrom back on top of that, you got depth guys scoring, like Ehlers and Dowd and uh, Garnet Hathaway is putting the puck in the net. You know, there's depth players on this team that really play on top of a playoff hockey um, lineup, just guys that bash and smash and playing around all, all game. So I really, I really love what this team has going for them, despite like you know these these tiny little things that are need to get ironed out and once they figure that power play out get some goaltending and and continue to be healthy it seems going to be the best in the east and they're going to win the cup so that's my first team and comments before i move on to the next one yeah well let's let's i guess talk about them for a bit my first thing is fukali like i can't believe he's playing and he's playing so well like that's incredible the fact that they're still able to get dubs with with a guy who's literally never played you know but between the pipes that's incredible um and also too like i i have john carlson in one of my fantasy leagues he's having a great year as well like all of the the talk about this team case like he said is like they're gonna fall off they're gonna fall off they're gonna fall off but it's the same thing this team and the Pittsburgh Penguins, as they're currently constructed, will have the same narrative every single year until they blow it up. You can't bet against them when they have players like Crosby and Ovechkin. Those two guys are incredible. They're both having phenomenal years. Ovechkin, even more so. Ovechkin is currently second in goals in the entire NHL, and he's third in points, and he's 36. 35 36 yeah we've never been able to see say that this guy is leading the team in assists yeah because backstrom's out but yeah that that's just the i get i'm going to use the word because i really want to drill it home or drive it home inspiring it's inspiring to see this guy both leading the team in goals and assists and then third in the league and and it's incredible i i love that uh prediction the bold prediction because i think the odds are really favorable as well i was looking at stanley cup odds a couple days ago and uh both pittsburgh and washington have the same odds to win and they're like middle of the league odds you know like they're not even top 10 best odds to win so like yeah why not throw five bucks on them you know why not throw 10 bucks on them if you believe it i think washington probably has a better chance than than pittsburgh because well, I mean, they're both, you know, and not to make this conversation about Pittsburgh, but they're both teams who have missed guys all year. Like Malkin is still out. And, you know, you mentioned that, you know, Washington's had a ton of injuries as well. So I think it's a great pick. And uh, I think it's bold because it's bold to say that anyone will win the Stanley Cup unless you're saying it's like Tampa because they're like the favorites every year. But yeah, I like a case. Yeah, yeah, okay. I uh, I like it as well. I like the Capitals, and they've obviously got the core there. And uh, you know, Ovechkin is just he's he's finding different things to do 
every single year that just blow our minds. Like he's scoring goals in different ways. It's not just the big one timer on the power play. He's in front of the net. He's he's boxing guys out, and he's just all over the place at 36 years of age. Uh, it, it it is really inspiring. Case that's a great word for it. A couple of things about the Capitals. I think you know one they need to they need to get healthy. That could certainly help them even more so. And two, they need to find a way to win in extra time. That has been the only issue for them this season. They were up against the Minnesota Wild over the weekend. Zach Fucali played a great game. You guys mentioned him. Um, but they just they they aren't able to get it done in extra time. And they ended up losing in a shootout uh, in that game against the Wild. So that's something for them to just try and give a little bit more to get it done in overtime or in a shootout. And then, guys, I've talked about it before, but the injection of youth for this hockey club has been huge, I think. Connor McMichael gets a goal over the weekend. We've seen Brett Leeson get a couple as well. I don't know if you guys know uh, this player, but Alexi Protus, a big bottom six forward on this team who's come up from Hershey. He's a young guy. He's going to be a, uh, a really nice piece for the future for this team. So they've just, they've got guys uh, chipping in from everywhere all through the lineup. And uh, I think they could win it again for sure. They did it in 2018. They've got a really good chance again this season. Love the pick. Excellent. All right. I'm going to move on to my second part of this one's going to be much quicker because it's more of a gut gut feeling than anything just from watching them uh the second team that i think you know if washington doesn't win it minnesota is going to win the stanley cup this year that's my boldest of the predictions Fucking Minnesota, especially when this took a beating four days ago when Kirill got injured um i've read that he might miss six weeks so that is devastating to this team because he is their best player but i think if this team you know if, if they can overcome that then they're going to win the cup because the way I see it, there's three teams, three types of teams. There's the Toronto type wins in the regular season and then bombs in the playoffs, Edmonton, whatever you want to call it. The Islander type, which just fights in for a playoff spot. And then it, it just knows how to play playoff hockey and locks it down. You can throw Montreal in there too. Clearly <laughs> might as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, and then there's the third type of team, which is stuck in purgatory between the two. And that really doesn't account for anything. And they're out in the first round, second round, um, Nashville last year. Um, I'll say Pittsburgh, even last year, Boston, you know, they, well, Boston's maybe a playoff team, but you know what I mean by that? It's kind of, they aren't either. They don't have the identity of either. So they, they fizzle out. Um, Minnesota is definitely the Islander type for me. They're going to just squeak into the playoffs, but they have been playing playoff hockey all year long. Another team that just throws the body around, plays a hard, hard, hard forecheck, and with a lot of speed and blink of the eye transitions. There's so many times that I've been watching the Minnesota games, and it seems like the puck is going to be going into their zone, and then without even realizing it's going back the other way, and they're in on a a three-on-one, a a three-on-two, whatever it may be, and they're just getting a lot of chances that way. And it's a team with a lot of depth up front, and 
a lot of guys chipping in who need to play and play hard and it's it's really working out for them so far and then probably my favorite decor in the entire league analytically this this team can really lock it down and all three pairings are clicking and all three pairings are getting it done and shutting things down so you know my my major uh setback of minnesota is maybe goaltending when it comes to playoffs but with this defense and with this forward core that plays a lot of defense i'm not too worried about the goaltending and i think that they can really get it done and like i said this one's a little bit more uh of a gut feeling rather than statistic based Mm -hmm. but watching this team play they've been playing playoff hockey since the beginning of the season well, you want to know why their transition is so good, like you alluded to it. They've got six guys on the back end. All six of them can move the puck and skate. Like, <laughs> you can't say that about a ton of teams in the NHL. Like, they have a really good decor, and uh, it shows in transition. And they have creative forwards as well, obviously led by Kirill Kaprizov. But you know what? This year, like, we know Kevin Fiala's good. Uh, Joel Erickson, he locks that shit down when need to be and you know Marcus Foligno has had a phenomenal year like there's a ton of guys who are playing really well for this Ryan team. Hartman Ryan Hartman's another guy yeah. expect some regression out Foligno. of Hartman. yeah well that's what I said <laughs> yeah. Foligno is like the he's the guy and like that's you watch Foligno play too and it's not like you know, I used to think of, and I didn't really watch a ton of Minnesota games, you know, recently, but I've been watching a ton more hockey because of fantasy and betting and whatnot. And you watch Felino play, and I used to think that he was a guy who would just bang and crash in the corners, but he's talented. Like, he can handle the puck. Like, he's a talented, talented player, and he's fun to watch. So, it Minnesota, I don't know about the cup. Like, it's tough. Like, they got to, you know, they got to make it a That's bit further in the playoffs. The major, but. The major caveat here is they've got to make the playoffs yeah and right now it's Spurgeon on the IR it's Bukestad's out Erickson Eck is out Kirill Kaprizov or Kaprizov is out with an injury and then there's uh they're at a little bit of COVID going on as well so they've got to make the playoffs that that's the big part of this but I think that once they're in they're going to be duking it out in uh late late in the west this is uh, this is a bold prediction, but I, I really like it, Case. And uh, yeah, you mentioned it there. I, I, I watched Minnesota and Washington over the weekend, and and they've got a laundry list of guys out right now. But you know, Matt Boldy comes in, gets his first goal in his first NHL game, and they've got Beckman and Dewar, and like they're they, they seem to be a really deep organization. And yeah. I got to give a lot of credit to Dean Evison and the coaching staff, who, by the way, just all got extensions for you know really. Um, getting guys going like Felino and Hartman and, and these other guys that we've mentioned. And let's not forget that this team last year in the playoffs gave Vegas a handful, took them the seven games in the first round. Cam Talbot's been excellent, although the goaltending is a question mark at times. And this team on home ice this season has been excellent. They've got one of the best home records in the National Hockey League. So Minnesota is not an easy place to play when you're an away team. So um, it's bold, but you guys know I'm high up on the wild and uh, they are going to be a hard team to play against in the playoffs if they can get in. Yeah. I mean, Eric Sinek and Kap- uh, Kaprizov go out. 
who comes in matthew boldy and marco rossi it's like i'm kind of you know obviously you want your two top guys in the lineup but that's such a nice little replacement get them a little playing time and and maybe they have it figured out and they're slotted in you know third line or something like that for for come playoff time and there's a lot of guys in this team that i like like a nico sturm I love the way he plays a two-way game. It's like the identity of the Minnesota Wild that he plays. And all the guys you've already mentioned, they're really stepping up. Hartman, Fiala, Felino, whoever it may be, and Zuccarello, too. I, him and Kaprizov have been playing so well together, such great chemistry. It's like, I just, I hate to say it because I'm so sick of talking about this team being a tweener, but like, I honestly, this, this is my bold prediction. Like, you know, I, I have more of a favorite to win the cup in the West being Colorado. Yeah. But, you know, as yeah. a bold prediction, it's Minnesota or Washington. I like it. All right, Chad, let's get your bold prediction and move things along here. Okay, I've got two. First one is, uh, is, is a real quick one. I don't want to spend too much time on it. This wouldn't have been considered a bold prediction uh, before the, the puck dropped to start the season. But I think it is a bit of a bold prediction maybe, you know, two, three weeks ago or even a month ago or so uh, because this player came out with sort of a slow start. He missed the first handful of games uh, of the season and the team wasn't great at the start of the year, but they've been rolling. He's been rolling and uh, enough suspense. Austin Matthews is going to win the Rocket Richard trophy this year. Um, he's currently he's currently four goals back of Leon Dreisaitl. A shit ton of games to be played. Like I said, at the start of the year, yeah, that's the favorite to win. But then he has quietly clawed his way back into the race after being down by like 20 goals for this. So, yeah, he's going to win the Rocket this year. You can put money on it because it's going to happen. There is nothing bold about that. I know. That's why, that's why I said like, I mean... Clearly, it's not bold because he's the favorite, but it is bold in the sense that he was behind for so long and then it's a two goal game here and then it's a hat trick against Colorado and then, you know, blah, 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 blah. And it keeps on going and he clawed his way back. So you love to see it. Um, my second and real bold prediction um, right now. I'm going to I'm going to give you some hints as we go over the next minute or so as I kind of, you know, flesh this out, but if you guys think you know the, who the player is, stop me and and say it because I think it's a fun one. I think you guys will like this. Uh but here's my bold prediction. Plays on a team uh in the West, plays in the Pacific Division actually. He's currently leading his team in points. Uh he has 14 goals, 24 assists, 38 points on the season. Um, his team is in fifth spot, actually clinging on to a playoff spot, tied for fourth technically. Um, so it plays for the San Jose Sharks. I have him in both of my fantasy leagues, Timo, <laughs> and it's Timo Meyer. And my bold prediction about Timo Meyer is that he's going to get a non-insignificant amount of Hart Trophy votes this season. I'm not saying he's going to win the Hart Trophy. I'm saying he will get a not insignificant amount of votes. So I wanted to go through a few stats. I saw a post actually uh, by Puck Analysis on Instagram that kind of sparked this whole thing. And I was hoping that you guys didn't see it because I wanted to bring up some fun stats that like 
you know, shows that this guy is having an, an incredible sort of breakout year. So as I mentioned, he's got 14 goals on the year. Uh, he has 13 primary assists, 11 secondary assists, currently 10th in the league in points, uh, eighth in the league in points per 60 and tied for first in the league with 31 even strength points this season, which is great to see. If, if, if a player has even strength points, that's one of the best indicators of, uh, you know, longevity, long-term success in terms of a season and your overall points as long as the power play performs adequately and he is on the power play so power play numbers are likely to go up is the point he's third in the league in war 36th in expected war um second in goals for per 60 in the nhl and third in expected goals for per 60 so those are some dazzling numbers. If you look at his advanced analytics and his surface level stats, they're both fantastic. I stole him in both fantasy leagues late. I didn't expect him to be this good, but he has been incredible. So thoughts on my bold prediction that Timo Meyer will receive a, a decent amount of heart votes this season. Yeah, I like it. Um, I'll say a decent amount of secondary, tertiary, whatever you want to call it, uh, votes. Because yes. I think all the first yeah. first votes are going to be taken up by uh, Alex Ovechkin or someone like that. But I do like this. I think that he's really carrying this team, a team that we did not expect to be in fifth place right now in their division. And um, this one stings a little bit because I don't know if it was last, se- last offseason or the season before, but... Um, a lot of talks about the Devils taking a, a swipe at him and trying to get a trade for him. Little Swiss connection there, and, and kind of the player they're looking for in, in a wing goal scorer. So um, this one does hurt because I wish you were talking about him on the Devils winning heart vote trophies or heart trophy votes. But yeah, no, I, I fully agree with this one. I think he's a great player. Always has been. Always kind of been a little. Um, I don't know, in a shadow in, in San Jose until a lot of those top guys took off and, and then he really took over him alongside of uh, Hurdle. So, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I like this. I, I like this one too, Chad. And, and, you know, we've seen a lot of good players finish, you know, 8th or 10th in Hart voting or Norris voting. Uh, a couple of guys that come to mind, uh, you know, for the Norris, like Jacob Chikorin last season or Tony D'Angelo a couple of years ago. Like just those really good play us, uh, really good secondary players that finish in that sort of second tier of voting for these awards and so i i really like this one and and this is how it should be right timo meyer should be playing like a core piece of the san jose sharks and that is what he's doing this season and uh if they can hang on to a playoff spot in that pacific division which just seems to be wide open at this point uh in in the national hockey league he's uh he's going to be a big part of that and also I think that uh, Evander Kane being out and being in the AHL and now, you know, uh, being placed on waivers for uh, the purpose of contract termination, I think, has has given him a a really good opportunity to kind of elevate his spot in the lineup. And uh, yeah, so Timo Meyer's back and and, uh, you love to see it. Good for the San Jose Sharks. 
Yeah, and the reason, uh, again, that I bring this up is because the Hart Trophy, as you guys know, but maybe some of the listeners might not know, goes to the player who is the most valuable to his team. So we're not talking about most valuable players in the league, but most valuable to his team. And I think Timo Meyer definitely has been that. But you're right, Case, like there's probably a handful of guys, like I would say at least five guys right now who are clear cut a tier above Timo Meyer for, for the Hart voting. It probably goes, in my mind right now, Dreisaitl, Ovechkin, uh, McDavid, Matthews, and then maybe like Barkov. And, and so it's up there. Or actually, I would say Huber, though. Like they've both been fantastic. Yeah. But anyway, yep. so there's so probably five guys. But if they can make the playoffs uh, and he continues what he's doing, it's going to be a Taylor Hall conversation of why he could win the heart. The one difference there is Hall had like. 40 points. more points than the guy in second place on his team yeah. and there is a few other guys really clicking on san jose right now to to kind of take away from that and being like couture and carlson so yep yep fair enough and that's the comparison right like clearly he's i would say on a on a similar tiers like taylor hall was then i mean hall was you know dominant that season but you know, if he puts up 80 points or whatever, 82 points, and they make the playoffs, I think there's a good case for him finishing, you know, at least top 10, I would say. And the bold prediction is to receive a not insignificant amount of votes for the Hart Trophy, to be clear. So there you go. Yeah, that's that's a great uh, bold prediction. All right, before we wrap up, uh, I've got one really bold prediction, and then uh, one that uh, you know is a lot like yours, Chad, with with Timo Meyer. Except I'm going to focus on a defenseman, and uh, he's not named Kale McCarr on the Colorado Avalanche. And so this guy is having a really nice season and I think we'll get some secondary votes for the Norris Trophy. Any idea who I'm talking about? Probably Taves. Yeah, Devon Taves. Yeah, of course. Uh, They picked him up a couple of years ago from the Islanders for two second-round picks. And, guys, I had no idea how good he is. Uh, Like, last month I was, uh, or a couple of months ago now, Excuse me. I was in uh, I was in Ottawa to to see the Avalanche play, and with Makar out of the lineup, you noticed. But at the same time, like Taves stepped up as the number one guy. He's having a great season. Scored the OT winner against your Maple Leafs on the weekend. Sorry, Chad. Um, he just he's looked dynamite, and uh, I I really think he's going to get some votes. Um, for the for the Norris Trophy again, like I mentioned, Chikrin last year, um, D'Angelo a couple of years ago, he may finish you know between six and ten in voting for the Norris, but I think he's going to get quite a few votes. So that's kind of my soft bold prediction, I guess. And then here's a really bold one, guys, and I want to get your thoughts on this one. <laughs> Chad, it's uh, going back to uh, the former teammate now of Timo Meyer, and that's Evander Kane. So, of course, uh, the big news over the weekend, um, he was placed on uh, unconditional waivers uh, for the purpose of contract termination violated COVID-19 protocols in the American Hockey League, and uh, he was doing really well. I mean, which is too bad. He had eight points in five games with the San Jose Barracuda, and we know before that that he had a fake proof of vaccination as well. So he is now an unrestricted free agent, and here is my bold prediction. I think that Evander Kane, and I'm not sure when this is going to happen, but 
Again, my bold prediction is that I think Evander Kane is going to sign a deal with the Carolina Hurricanes. What are your thoughts, gentlemen? Um, it's like you have to think of one team that's willing to take a <laughs> chance on Evander Kane. And if I were going to pick one, it's the Carolina Hurricanes because Tony D'Angelo and yeah. the fact that they have, you know, I don't know this for a fact, but I'm assuming like jail warden Rob Brindamore as a coach, like (laughs) get in your room by nine or I will kick your ass type of thing. So I think he can probably rein him in a little bit. And like, like I said, they took a chance on Tony D'Angelo after all of that. So why not take a chance on Evander Kane? And uh, it's not like there's too, well, I guess Atlanta is close enough to Carolina, but there's not too much gambling going on around there. So he might kind of be a little, (laughs) a little calmer. Yeah, I I can think of two teams off the top of my head that are I would say would probably be in the running to sign this guy. Uh, one would be the Hurricanes. Number two would be the the Canadians. But I would say I would rule out the Canadians because um, like they're they have a new management group and maybe they want to go a different direction and maybe they you know kind of want to refocus their organization. Um, obviously alluding to, you know, the Logan Malu pick and just a bunch of weird things that happen. And, and then obviously Tony D'Angelo is the first guy that comes to mind, as you guys mentioned, talking about Carolina, like they don't give a fuck. Like if he can play hockey, they'll, they'll sign him. So that makes sense if they can fit him, and if they can fit him to, to a deal, like at this point, he probably just wants to make some money, right? So he'd probably be willing to sign anywhere. We know he needs the money like he's in in gambling debt. Um, But yeah, like I could see it happening. Like selfishly, I would love the Maple Leafs to sign him, Um, but they won't because, you know, the whole principled thing about it, which like fair enough, you know, you don't want that reflection on your organization but if you're one of these smaller market teams like carolina like why do you care like you just want to win games that's how you're going to draw fans and carolina i think last time i i looked i was telling you guys i looked a couple days ago at uh you know stanley cup odds i think carolina is like top three right now for stanley cup oh yeah odds. so they're 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 legit man they yeah. they have a chance to win it for sure and uh you know y- you guys said it I, I i knew that you were immediately going to go to tony d'angelo who you know very similar to this situation with evander kane a really good player but just a lot of baggage that comes yeah. with them and so i think you know evander needs to go to a strong locker room and carolina has that ethan bear has described it as a brotherhood in there but it's not a strong locker room because of the players case as you mentioned it's because of the head coach rod brindamore he runs a tight ship there and uh i think if there's a head coach that could kick him in the rear end and and get him going and get him straightened out it would be Rod Brindamore, and uh, it's it's been a great uh, bet on Tony D'Angelo this year, and so I could certainly see them doing that, you know, for one or two million dollars with with Evander Kane, because as you mentioned, Chad, he uh, he needs the money. He's going to miss out on about twenty three million in future earnings uh, over the next four years or so uh, after this uh, contract termination. So. Um, I, I really like the idea of Vander Kane going to the to the Hurricanes, and 
I got to bring up the good old connection here. Don Waddell was the GM in Atlanta when Evander was there. So there you go. <laughs> All right. <laughs> What makes this so bold for me is that no, like you talk about baggage with players. No one's got, he's got more baggage than a 747. Like <laughs> this, I wouldn't touch him with a 10 foot pole. So personally, I don't think he signs with an NHL team. I think he goes to the KHL to make way more money than he's going to make <laughs> on a team in the NHL and get paid under the table so he can give his uh, debt collector, the sharks, give yeah. them uh, straight up cash and uh, hide it from the government. So, um, why not go to the KHL instead of getting paid a million bucks to play in Carolina? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll see how desperately he wants to, you know, try to win a cup, right? See what matters to him because Carolina would be the spot. But I kind of agree with you, Case. Like, I don't know if any team's going to be willing to take him, but if any team is, I think Carolina makes the most sense. So. Yeah, I, I think it'd be a good fit for sure. Uh, all right, that is it for episode 111. Thanks so much for listening to our bold predictions for the new year, 2022. We are well into it now. And uh, let us know what you think about our bold predictions. If you think we're spot on, if we're way off, whatever, you can uh, hit us up. Let us know uh, on our Instagram page, at Boys in the Booth. Guys, best of luck in fantasy this week. Week 13 coming in hot. And And uh, we'll chat again next week. This has been another episode of Boys in the Booth with Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at www.patron.com slash boysinthebooth.